0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to The Call-Up, presented by Triple Play Fantasy Week 20. We are now into the two blank digits now. It's pretty pretty crazy last month of the season or so as we're wrapping up the minor league season here. Thank you guys for being along for the ride. Of course, you know my co-host, Michael, a.k.a. Baby Huey. Michael Richards in the house. Mike, how's it going?
1: Uh, it's going good, Mendy. Glad to be back as usual. Uh, we have got another fine guest here today for you. Uh, it's actually really hot here, so if you see me wiping down my face a little bit, that's because the heat's ridiculous in this room, but I've I've liked this guy since the moment I got onto Twitter a couple years ago, and I'm I'm very happy to have a chance to, get a, to sit down and talk with him about Dynasty, because I know he's a really a great player, and I'm happy to hear his thoughts on Prospects. I thought you were
0: wiping down the sweat because you were looking at the standings in TGFBI.
1: <laughs> yeah, that too. I'm I'm stressing this. I'm trying to stay away from that as much as possible, but it's stressful playing against all those great players.
0: Uh, well, of course, Mike touched on it. We have a great guest tonight. We welcome in a man. He's an MILB prospect analyst. He also does tons of Dynasty stuff, fantasy baseball writing, assistant editor for Prospects 1500, he is a uh, you could say he lives near that those Syracuse Orangemen up in New York here. He's also created the Too Early M I L B mock and just a great prospect of mine in general, ladies and gentlemen, is the one and only Ben Wilson. How's it going, man?
2: Hey, thank you both so much for having me on the show and you know, amazing introduction. Thank you very much. You know, really, really appreciate that. And yeah, just so excited to be on. Uh, you know the this, this it's a fantastic show you guys do, and uh, you know the 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 heavy hitting guests. You know, I'm I'm really honored to be part of it. So, you know, definitely excited to dive into, uh, you know, a lot of great names today, and you know, in some cases, some of the deeper league names. Uh, that you know can help help a lot of different people. So, you know, really jazzed to be here. Thanks so much.
0: Of course, man. You were again, a great prospect mine. We talked before the show. You say you just love Dynasty. You've been doing Dynasty stuff for a long time. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background with Dynasty, also your work with Prospects 1500. You're around the game so much. I feel like people need to know just what you've been doing all, all of this time with all the prospect stuff. Yeah, you know,
2: I got into my first keeper league. Uh, it has to have been over 10 years uh, by this point. Um, you know, and I'm still in that league. Uh and you know, really I think the linchpin of of being, you know, a great dynasty player is is knowing the player pool uh as deep as possible and jumping on, you know, that that newest name, you know, to be first in line, uh, you know, to unearth uh the, the next great prospect. Uh so that's you know been a joy of mine for so long. And you know, as as I've and then I really started writing. Uh, You know, back in 2017, uh, that's when I was in graduate school and, um, you know, really just, uh, you know, really early on, um, you know, had, uh, you know, Scott Green, you know, the president of Prospects 1500 uh, saw my work and and brought me onto the site there. Um, You know, and I've I've covered uh, the Mets, I've covered the Red Sox minor league systems uh, and, um, you know, and and I'm doing assistant editing work uh, at the site now. Uh, And, you know, it's just a great community of of prospect minds and minor league baseball enthusiasts. And, you know, one of the one of the main things that I started there, um, which you mentioned, Mendy, was the two early MILB mock, which is, you know, really a dynasty style startup draft just for minor league baseball players. And, you know, really just gives, uh, you know, really deep, um, you know, uh, really deep names at at, at positions. I mean, it's two catchers you know, gosh, you know, you, you know, pricking 40 catchers, uh, you know, things like that. So, you know, the, the deepest leagues have always been a passion of mine. You know, I, Michael, and I know played, um, you know, in a, in a now, uh, now, uh, retired league, uh, together, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's been amazing to be part of, part of the industry, part of the community and, and especially the, the dynasty, deep dynasty, uh, you know Prospect Town, part of this, uh, part of this corner of the world.
0: Well, the fact that you dig so deep for your prospects, and the fact you love Dynasty, you're a perfect fit for this show. We don't always just talk about the names everyone knows about. We like to really dig deep into the farm systems and really kind of try to be first on a lot of these guys. So, everybody that's watching the show, if if they're out there in a Dynasty league and these guys are available, they can kind of get a jump and uh, potentially beat their league mates here. So, you're the perfect guy for the job and with that being said let's jump right in let's talk about minor league players of the week so these are players that over the last 7 10 days or so have really been putting up some eye popping numbers in the minor leagues let's kick things off here ben with the guy you first want to talk about here and mason hour who is plays for the Tampa Bay Rays in their organization an outfielder last 10 days a 364 447 768 slash he's got three home runs four steals and on the season a pretty good line of those forty three stolen bases are mighty tasty there. Then why don't we talk about this guy? What is it about him? Is it just this past week or is, is in general, have you been a fan of this guy?
2: Yeah, so my my affinity for this uh, you know, incredible player, Mason Hour, you know for those listening, uh, you spell the name a u e r. And you know Mason Hour, um you know, really first popped onto my radar when I was doing first year player draft prep over the winter. Um, you know, Mason Hour was a fifth round draft pick in the, uh, you know, 21, uh, 2021 draft. You know, he came out of the JUCO ranks and, you know, anyone in, in the deep dynasty realm knows that you can find tremendous, you know, uh, first year player draft value from the JUCO uh, ranks. And, you know, Mason Auer uh, can really do it all on the field. I mean, you you watch just a short amount of film. Uh, You see the incredible athlete that he is, you know, he has a huge throwing arm, former pitcher, Uh, you know, Mason hours, an outfielder, you know, center fielder, right fielder. Uh, And, you know, the things that pop out right away, you know, big broad shouldered kid, you know, he's really a physical specimen and, you know, he's uh, you know, really emerged um, this, this whole year uh, as, as a hitter and, um, you know, started the year in low A and got 60 games there. And, you know, his i mean triple slash in, in uh, low A, 293, 378, 478, uh, you know, four home runs, 24 steals. So the power and speed is definitely there. And when he's moved up to high A, you know, in two thirds, the amount of games, he has double the amount of home runs, you know, up to nine home runs uh, in only 42 games. Uh, and, you know, almost has 20 steals. Uh, so, I mean, for the full year, it's, you know, 13 home runs, 43 steals, you know, OPS over 850. And, you know, this is a really exciting player uh, and, you know, can, can really do it all. I think with, with the all fields power. So, you know, real tool shed profile, if you want to gamble on this kind of potential outcome, that's you know, pretty enormous from a fantasy perspective. And you know, he's only rostered in 2% of leagues on fan track, So, I think for you know leagues that have 200 plus prospects, you know definitely take a peek uh, on your waiver wire to see if he's available.
0: That's again that's Mason Hour of the Tampa Bay Rays. Somebody that is digging deep there, two percent owned, and uh, Ben is a big fan of him. So make sure keep your eye out there, see what he keeps doing, and make sure you add him if you if you need to in your dynasty leagues. Mike, let's go to this next player here, and let's talk about the hitter you want to talk about, and that's Harry Ford of Seattle, and again. Uh, Mike is a Seattle fan, so he definitely watches a lot of these players even more closely here. And Harry Ford, a, a catcher for the Seattle Mariners and their organization right now in low A, uh, what is it about him that's been exciting for you to watch?
1: Well, I've liked Harry Ford going back to even when he was in high school. I was very intrigued by the power speed potential. And he looking at his scouting grades right off the bat, he, it says average hit tool and plus power, plus raw power with plus speed. I actually think he has a, an above-average hit tool. So I'll start by saying that. An above-average hit tool, plus power, plus speed for a catcher. That's very rare. Uh, as you see this week, he's got the three home runs and six stolen bases, which you love to see. Uh, the 17.8% walk rate, you know that's what really gets me excited as far as his ability to control the strike zone. Uh, I'd like to see his K percentage come down a little bit, but he's still a 19-year-old. In a ball, this is just a rare combination. I mean, I know people are in on Harry Ford and they like him, but you know, look going through drafts this this season, you know, like a player like Dal- Dalton Varshow, he was going you know sixth round of redraft leagues because of his power speed potential at the position. If Harry Ford stays at catcher down the line and these this skill set remains, which it looks like it is, he's a very athletic, flashy type of player, very strong and fast, so. I just think he's going to be very valuable in fantasy leagues. People are going to want him in redraft leagues down the road. And so it's hard to rank catchers in dynasty just because of the position, but he's also a player that I think is capable of moving off the position. If the Mariners feel that's what they want to do with him, he could move into the outfield or the infield, which would probably speed up his uh, path to the majors. But uh, watching the team over the years, I expect him to start next year in high A and do well there and be promoted up to double a next year and then be in the mix as like their number one prospect the following season.
0: I mean, anytime you see a catcher with 21 stolen bases, I mean, can you imagine if he gets to the big leagues and he has anywhere near that type of speed, even if it's like 15 stolen bases from the catcher position, we saw it with Dalton Varsho and just how much he got bumped up because of that. So it's a very interesting player and somebody I definitely want to make sure we keep an eye on his. He keeps going up, the minor leagues here. Like you said Mike, I guess high A to start next year double A, but somebody I'm sure that's going to be popping up a lot more as we go along here. Let's go ahead and let's talk about another player here. This one's a little bit more well known, Michael Bush, second baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Over the last 10 days, he does have a 3.33 batting average, 3 home runs, 11 RBIs, and on the season between double A AA and triple A over 500 plate appearances, a 2.80 batting average, 27 bombs. 138 WRC plus he's also walking in over 13% of at bats right now. I really like Michael Bush just this week, especially, you know, I was looking, he had a four hit game. uh, I think including a game winning hit in one of them. And in August was hitting 274, 337, 452, four homers, 18 RBIs, nine walks and six multi-hit games this month. It just seems like he's getting hot at the right time. Already a guy that has a great just hit tool in general that I've seen, People talk about that he's comparative to kind of Max Muncie, just a very patient hitter, sweet left-handed stroke, uh, able to go gap to gap. So he just seems like he's a very steady hitter. Obviously, I don't see him getting called up at the end of this season, but he's in AAA right now. So if things, maybe he breaks camp with them if he has a a good spring training with them next year. But Michael Bush is somebody that's on the verge. uh, Again, if not the end of this year, potentially next year early on. So somebody that... Again, most people know about, but he is making some noise right now. All right, next play. Let's go to the pitching side of things, and let's kick things off here with Prelander Baroa, another Seattle Mariners player. They just have so many good prospects in their system. Over the last 10 days, nine innings, giving up two runs, 15 strikeouts, good for a two ERA. And between high A and double A this year, does have 132 strikeouts and 85 innings, a 233 ERA. 280 FIP, 38.5 K percentage just great looking numbers there Ben. Uh tell us a little bit more about Mr. Baroa. Sure. I mean, Prelander Baroa this season and especially
2: recently is he's making a lot of noise and what he's doing is really impressive. You know, just reaching the AA level and you know, he's he has he has five outings there now. His his strikeout percentage is over 45%. It's jaw-dropping, truly. And, you know, I think with with pitching prospects, I think historically, you know, pre-launder Barroa may get a little bit knocked for being under six feet, 170. But, you know, I really think that, you know, with, with pitchers like Freddie Peralta, who, you know, are undersized pitchers who just absolutely have the dazzling stuff, you know, you absolutely have to pay attention to those guys. So, you know, was originally in the San Francisco giant system. I think that was a trade that they would definitely want back at this point. Uh, you know, the fastball for uh, prelander Barroa is, you know, in the 94 to 97 range. And, you know, and so it's really, it's a fastball slider uh, main combination and, you know, he can back foot it to left handers. Uh, it's, it's, really a pretty wicked offering too to right handers. So, and he can also spot it in the zone. So it's, it's a pretty impressive and versatile offering for him. And, you know, there, there's a change up there too. And I think that, you know, in the high minors, he's, he's going to have to really show that, um, you know, the, the walk rate is a little high at this point, but he's giving up so little contact that, you know, really it's, um, you know, been, been a, a incredible run so far. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, he's, he's under six feet, but he has long arms and he's really athletic. So um, he's in a great pitching organization as Michael knows, you know, covering the Mariners in the Pacific Northwest. Now, this is another, another pitcher who's has 2% roster ship on fan tracks. So, you know, if he's a name floating out there uh, you know, definitely I think he's one to pounce on.
0: Yeah, he really seems like he is a really rising star in, in the Seattle Mariners organization. And, and again, you can see the numbers there. Just doing great things for them. So keep an eye on, on Mr. Barroa there. Mike, let's talk about another pitcher here and let's go to the Los Angeles Dodgers organization again. So we've got two Seattle Mariners and two Los Angeles Dodgers here. Nick Nastrini. Na- Na- <laughs> Nick Nastrini. That's a tongue twister for you folks. Try to say that at home three times fast. Fitcher in the Los Angeles Dodgers organization, 13.1 innings over the last 10 days, 17 strikeouts, a 203 ERA, and then on the season between high A and double A, he's got 99.2 innings, 144 strikeouts, a 361 ERA, 388 FIP. Tell us about Nastrini and another pitcher. Again, the Dodgers seem like they have a lot of great pitching coming up through the pipeline here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh as I said last week when I covered Bobby Miller, uh the Dodgers are just a pitching factory right now and it's it's the biggest thing with them is figuring out how all of this talent's going to make it onto their team. Some of them are probably going to be trade pieces along the way, but uh this guy is catching my eye. He caught my eye probably about a month ago and I didn't really know a lot about him and then he's he's kind of reappearing on my radar again. So I've been digging into him a little bit and he was a fourth round pick in 2021 and shockingly enough the Dodgers found a guy with a plus fastball, plus slider and plus curveball. So 3 plus pitches. So he's got that starters repertoire. He's a 6 foot 3 215 pounder. He's up in the upper levels now getting it done. He's improved since he's moved up to double A. Uh as usual with every p- pitching prospect it comes down to the command with him but he's showing good improvements there. I'd like to see the walk percentage come down a little bit, but a 35% strikeout rate uh, in a great organization in the upper levels with three plus pitches. Uh, th- that seems like a lot of good things going for him, especially for a guy who's not really talked about a lot. I'm not sure where his roster percentage is at right now, but I don't think it's, it's particularly high compared to some other well-known players. So he's definitely a guy to keep on your radar and maybe scoop up if you need some pitching right now.
0: All right, again, that's Nick. Nastrini of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Let's finish out the pitchers here real quick. And I believe Mike, you can correct me. I think we've talked about him once on this show. T Kentz of the St. Louis Cardinals. Now the numbers aren't going to pop at you. I know it's kind of breaking the code for this section Uh, over the last 10 days. Nothing great. A 426 ERA 142 whip, but I've just noticed coming along here, I mean, 44.1 innings pitched, 71 strikeouts, a 162 ERA and 145 FIP, 43% K percentage to a 7.3% walk percentage. And one of the reasons I really kind of just, especially with him, is uh, I believe that he pitched, if I'm not mistaken, he had four shutout innings um, this past week, and he, uh, he, did, he was decent in that. I'm pulling it up just to double check that. Um, but yes, T. Kentz is the number six prospect, according to MLB.com. Four scoreless innings, three hits, struck out four, and touched 98 with his fastball. So he gave up three runs in his last appearance and then eight scoreless outings and 14 total appearances. So the numbers are great. Obviously, he's an electric arm uh, and just somebody that's obviously a, a great, just athletic young kid. Um, I don't know. And Mike, maybe Ben, you might know better. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be projected to be a starting pitcher, but he could be a really nice bullpen arm with that velocity and those types of numbers. So I thought he could be someone that could really fast at 20 years old already in double a could rise through the system pretty quickly.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll throw in. I, I do think he's a starter long-term. I think they're just ramping him up slowly because they're so high on him. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the big risers over the next six months or whatever on the pitching side and probably be on some top hundred lists.
2: Yeah, and he's always been able to spin the curveball. And you know, if if you have, you know, with with Hence and you know, similar to Baroa, you know, pre Baroa, we we just talked about a little earlier. You know, if if you have have two pitches that you know are are in in bursts, you know, plus, um, you know, this is somebody that that definitely
0: could be a starter. All right, make sure you guys keep an eye on Tiekhens. Let's talk about some notable promotions. And there's been two. Last week, we were chock full of them. Cade Cavalli and Drew Waters are the big ones here. Cade Cavalli with the Nats, Drew Waters with the Kansas City Royals. Real quick, Ben, he tells a little bit about Cade Cavalli, who had a little bit of a failed first attempt up at the big leagues and now is back up and starting tomorrow's game as we record Thursday night for the Nats. Do we believe in him that he's going to be stable for that rotation long term?
2: Yeah, Cade Cavalli is, you know, really, in in terms of just – you know, the, the repertoire, the physicality, uh, you know, this is a really a, a potential, you know, at least number two starter type for, you know, really now, now the Nationals turning the page, I think, for their, their next generation, you know, after the World Series run. Um, and, I mean, for me, Cavalli, uh, you know, really has, uh, I think, really a very exciting, um, you know, future ahead of him. And yeah, you know, I, I think he's going to be pretty limited just in terms of you know his usage. Um, you know, has has always battled you know some sort of of injury. Um, but, you know, rightly so, the Nationals have been very careful with him. You know, really wanting to make sure that that his development, uh, you know, is 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 carrying on. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, this is going to be a really high strikeout pitcher. You know, for a long time.
0: All right, Kate Cavalli, we are excited to watch you pitch. Let's talk about our prospect watch players that are doing things just throughout the season we've got our eye on here. Kicking things off with Werner Blakely, a third baseman in the Los Angeles Angels organization right now at Low A ball. Uh over 300 batting average, 19 steals, 26% K rate is not great but not horrible, but he's walking 20.3% of the time right now. Then the Angels I feel like I, they're such an a hard team to judge because their prospect development has not been great on both sides of the ball. Uh, and but they need guys to step on there and, and help that major league team in so many ways. Are we excited for Werner Blakely here?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, Werner Blakely, uh, you know, coming out of the uh that that 2020 first year player draft class uh has really been a favorite of mine for a long time. You know, this is uh um extremely high character, high driven uh athlete, you know, uh you know just a quick aside, you know, he's uh he's from Detroit, Michigan. Uh you know, really models, emulates and wants to exceed Derek Jeter uh you know in his career. Um, you know, as a fellow Michigan uh product, you know in in Major League Baseball and you know Blakely's very driven uh and you know, you uh, all you need to do is is watch just a a sh- short amount of film on Werner Blakely, and you're gonna fall in love with the swing. You're gonna fall in love with the six foot three frame. You know, this the swing of his is you know really loose and fluid. You know, it's I you can see from his frame that he's gonna be able to get to power. Um, you know, he's he came in uh, you know into pro ball as a shortstop. And he's played exclusively third base this year. Uh, It's, you know, it, it it is evident. I think he's going to be able to stick on the dirt in some capacity, um, you know, no matter what his athleticism is going to play. And, you know, he, you know, just, just as as a quick note, he, uh, you know, he hasn't played in the month of August. Um, You know, I'm not sure exactly what the injury is right now, Um, but I think it's actually, um, you know, a, a, a potential buying opportunity you know because the the hype train isn't isn't rolling uh really as much as it could be you know because you know like like you were outlining mendy you know the the numbers are tremendous you know uh the the i mean even in in basically just the same number of games you know between his you know twenty one and twenty two campaigns you know he's he's done you know a tremendous amount of work um you know and it's really showing and you know so i i think that this is you know, a, a a prospect that that everyone should be super excited about. Um, you know, he has has almost twenty steals this year. I think he's he's not an absolute burner, but you know, he's a long strided, heads up base runner who I think is going to be, um, you know, a a really exciting uh, prospect coming up. Um, you know, hopefully he can get back on the field soon, uh, and it's going to be exciting to see him hit the high minors.
0: Werner Blakely, a young, exciting guy in the Los Angeles Angels organization. Got a lot of great tools there. Hopefully can continue to rehab it and get back to where we hope we can see him on the field here. Mike, let's go to talk about Aaron Zavala, outfielder for the Texas Rangers. And between high A and double A this year, 289 batting average, hitting 50 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, 13 home runs. Very, I think just across the board, looking at his profile, just kind of doing a little bit of everything here. And my question to you, is he somebody that long-term you think could be a major part of what the Texas Rangers are trying to build?
1: Yeah, Aaron Zavala was someone that I wasn't super familiar with because I was a little bit behind on the draft stuff last year, but he was a second round pick out of Oregon. And the first thing that catches my attention is his plus hit tool. So that's a great foundation for a player. And I'm not sure that he's got uh, anything more than maybe above average power or speed, if maybe even average. But I think that hit tool is going to carry him to the majors. I don't think this is a super, like a superstar type of profile guy. But as you said, a very well rounded, probably underrated. I noticed that a lot of the smart industry people that were doing the Prospect One. ADP mock we're selecting him so it's just something that catches my attention uh overall I, I think he's like a high floor type of guy the Rangers move their prospects quickly I wouldn't be surprised to see him up in the major leagues next year now that he's up in the upper levels and like I said I don't think it's necessarily gonna get more than like 15 maybe 20 home runs in his peak and maybe 10 to 15 steals but with uh nearly 280, like a 290 batting average, you know, I think he's going to have a lot of value in OBP leagues, similar to like Michael Bush and other guys that we've highlighted today. He's going to be even more valuable in that setting. So I just think the overall situation is worth keeping an eye on. He's also improved since he's moved up double A, which is usually a pretty big step, that high A to double A leap. So when a player starts producing at even higher level, once they move up, that's something that I like to look at as well. So uh he's he's rostered, I know, in 10% of leagues. So he's he's known, but he's not super known. So uh give him a look if you're thinking about some proximity and a good hit tool.
0: I love the deep dive there. Ten percent own, which means again keep your eye on him. This is the time to make that jump. Luis Matos will be the last player in this section. We'll talk about really quick. I'll just touch on him in high A ball. He has got not say the greatest line, 210, 270, 642 slash, but he's got eleven homers, forty RBIs, only a sixteen point two percent K rate. Needs to definitely walk more. The numbers aren't going to overwhelm you, but he's a top five prospect in the Giants organization. Has shown just in when he was in the uh, other minor le- levels of or the minor leagues, you know, consistently King between eleven percent, twelve percent, twelve percent. This is actually sixteen percent, the highest it's been at any level. Uh, but again, very manageable, needs to get the walks up. As I mentioned before, the batting average has no been nowhere near this low at any level. So I expect him to be able to fix that the more he gets used to the pitching there. And this is a guy that, you know, is, is a very good bat. You could see potentially like 20 home runs from him, I believe, on the season this year. Like I mentioned on the screen, as you look at the graphic as 11. So a 20 home run bat that could hit 300, do a little bit of everything for the San Francisco Giants. He was part of their big international signing class, I believe, in 2018 when they had um, Marco Luciano also in that same class. So he's somebody to keep an eye on. Again, right now, he's not putting up the best numbers. So this could be the best time to jump on him right now while his value may not be as high. I think he's going to definitely be someone that turns it around big time next year.
1: Absolutely. Luis Matos was someone that I had in the mix to be number one overall at the end of this season, that's how high I was on him coming in the season with like Corbin Carroll and all these other big time power speed guys. I think this is the best by low, probably in dynasty, because like you said, all those other things you look for are still there. He hasn't lost the ability to make contact. He still has power speed. Something's off. But this is the most surprising decline of any player this season, because I was I was almost 100 percent confident he was going to be a top 10 prospect right now.
0: And he might be very well be next year. He might uh, at least climb up the ranks again next year. But like you just said, great buy low time. I, I know you we were talking about that with Anthony Volpe uh, just was it, a month or two ago, and he's starting to come back to life. These are the, especially with prospects. If you know long term, these are the guys you trust the talent you believe in. When you have numbers like this coming up at a certain point in a season, uh, you can jump on that if, if you really believe in the talent. So this is a great example of that. Let's close out the show with our who's next, who is next to get the call. We've been pretty hot recently. I think all these guys have literally gotten the call within the next week of us doing this. So hopefully we'll be the same with these three gentlemen. Starting off with Justin Dearden, who is actually someone I don't think we've ever talked about on this show. So I really love digging deep here like you did, Ben. Uh, Age 25 in Triple AAA for the Houston Astros. 21 home runs, 89 RBIs. Looks like he does a little bit of everything here. Uh, do you see him, especially, I mean, the Astros right now are obviously trying to play for the number one seed in the American League. You think he can really help them out down the stretch here?
2: Yeah, you know, Justin Durden's an interesting story, you know, really just turned 25, outfielder, undrafted player, and really relatively unheralded, and he's just exploded this year. Uh, you know, it's another Astro strike gold moment. and. You know, really the, the question for the Houston Astros, you know, for for really the whole year has been center field and the center field production. You know, it's been a combination of Chaz McCormick, Mauricio Dubon, Jake Myers. And, you know, Chaz McCormick has been the best offensive producer. Um, you know, Jake Myers had a pretty significant shoulder injury uh, that, you know, he hasn't quite, uh, you know, been himself uh, this this year. Uh, but, I mean, long-term, you know, a great bat. And, you know, I think Justin Durden, you know, the real benefit of, of him is, you know, he he gives, you know, the Astros potentially a left-handed option in center field. And, you know, I think there's many things to like with Durden. And, you know, offensively, he's an extra base hit machine. And, you know, he's slugging over 600. He has gap-to-gap doubles power. Uh, and, you know, has a little bit of speed. Too, and he's a good defender in center and right. And, you know, I'm I'm not envisioning an enormous impact like you had alluded to, Mendy, just in terms of, you know, the Astros are pretty stacked, you know, especially because they've Jordan on Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, you know, flanking, uh, you know, the center field, uh, potentially, but you know, maybe at the very least, you know, maybe he's a Derek Fisher type of role for this this team in a playoff run. You know, they're they're missing the professional at bats from Michael Brantley. You know, on on some level, um, you know, who's out for the year um, with injury. And you know, the 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 one question at this point with Durden is the strikeout rate at AAA. Um, You know, it, it is it is a little on the high side. You know, as he's adjusted the level, um, but you know, it, it's been at twenty three you know, uh, percent for the year. Uh, you know, but he, he couples that with a double digit walk rate. So, um, you know, potentially, uh, you know, from, from unheralded, uh, to, you know, being, being potentially a a contributor, uh, you know, to, to a Houston Astros deep playoff run.
0: I can't wait to see him play now. It's one of those things when you see that name on your screen, gets the call. Uh, this is when one of the few shows that brings him up. So great call here from Ben Wilson, Really just being on this, again, I haven't seen too much of this anywhere, so I I love it, and all the credit to you if he does get the call here this week. Gunnar Henderson, somebody that's really risen up prospect rankings. He's now one of the top prospects in baseball. Him and Corbin Carroll have been talked about just in pairing here, both of them getting called up here just for the last month of the season for teams to uh, basically kind of see what they got so they can have him try to get rookie of the year next year and get those extra draft picks. 19 home runs, 75 RBIs, 19 stolen bases across AA and AAA this year. Just a little bit of everything. I'm excited to watch him in Baltimore, Mike, even though I'm not living in Baltimore anymore. Do you really think this is the time? Is Gunnar Henderson time in the next couple of days here?
1: Well, normally I would say no because a 21-year-old who's just getting started in AAA isn't really the type of player you want to push. But these rumors that you're saying, like where there's fire, there's smoke in – I think they're basically. I was reading that their beat writers are having to answer questions on a daily basis about when he's going to be called up. And the, the little signs I'm hearing from the manager and the different people that make these decisions, it feels like they're just trying to prepare themselves to figure out where they're going to play him and how they're going to get him in the lineup every day because they don't want to bring him up to sit on the bench. But their big concern is not passing that 130 uh, at bats for the season. I do think they think he can help them right now and help them in contention. And I actually saw that he had played a couple of games at second base and first base. So they're really trying to figure out a way to get him into lineup and get him used to playing in multiple positions potentially. Uh, normally I'd say they're, they're not going to call him up, but I think this is going to happen. And I think he's going to play every day once it happens too. And the in the way that he's improved, I mean, it's, it's important for people to remember he had a 30% strikeout rate in high A last year. Like he's he's made a massive improvement to his approach at the plate and kept all the good things that made him intriguing to start with. That's why he's like a top 5 prospect now.
0: You can't wait to watch him the O's fighting for a wild card spot and he could maybe be a big part of that. Last real quick here Tristan Casas somewhere John is smiling cuz he's brought up on the show here. Uh in Triple A this year 9 homers 33 RBIs. The big question here, I think, is because Eric Hosmer's hurt. Do we think that this is finally the Tristan Costas? Is this what was needed for him to finally come get called up here?
2: Yeah, I, I really wish it was, uh, you know, in, in the short term. Um, you know, actually, Tristan Casas was uh, on my short list for this segment, too. Uh, you know, given, given the injury to Eric Hosmer, you know, the Red Sox did go with Franchi Cordero, uh, you know, coming up again. And, you know, it, it's a little unclear, um, you know, given first of all, Tristan Casas had a really long-term injury this year. Uh, you know, he, he missed a lot of time. So, you know, and, and, you know, I, 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 hate to say it as a Red Sox fan, you can see it right behind me, you know, my, my Red Sox, uh, decoration here. Um, but you know, the, the, the team is really fading, uh, you know, on a playoff run. And, you know, I, I think, I think if things were going in a little bit of a different direction for the Red Sox, I think that they, they would really, um, you know, have to think pretty, pretty seriously, um, about bringing him up. Um, I think that there, there's, that he's ready, uh, I believe, you know, and especially defensively, you know, I, I, I know. I mean, Tristan Costas is a big slugger who has all fields power. He's going to be awesome, um, you know. And you know, defense is not going to hold him back. It's not going to be that cliche, um, you know, because he he is a good defender. So I think he is going to impact um, the Red Sox. I sure hope it is. Uh, I I at least hope he gets a cup of coffee. Um, and and I I hope that they don't give up on on this. Uh, you know, despite this cold stretch, because um, I think that he would be a real force. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see it. Yeah, me too.
0: Well, let's wrap the show up there on that note. Uh, Ben, thanks so much for joining us. A lot of great prospect talk on this episode. So please plug every, all the great stuff you're doing one more time for our audience and really appreciate your time.
2: Hey, thanks again. Really. This was a lot of fun. And, you know, again, you know, huge hat tip to you guys. Love the show. And, you know, respect the work both you guys do, uh, you know, together and separately, you know, in, in this community. So, um, you know, thank you again so much. Um, you know, Prospects 1500, we have a lot of different things going on uh, at all times, you know. And, and you know, what, what comes up every October, which is right around the corner, is what we call Mocktober, uh, you know, with, with our two early MILB mock. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned on Twitter to see. You know, who on our team, you know, from a dynasty perspective, you know, who are those prospects that, you know, our team is really high on and, and scooping up, um, you know, as as the playoffs roll out uh, on, on the major league side of things. Um, you know, again, just can't thank you guys enough for having me on. And, you know, uh, definitely look forward to, you know, keeping our conversation going in in our prospect world.
0: I can't, couldn't say it any better. Uh, it's always fun to talk prospects with some of the brightest minds out there. And it's, uh, it was awesome to be able to talk with you, my friend. And Mike, what about you, man? Uh, anything you want to plug here before we get out of here?
1: No, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's uh, supported us throughout this stretch. You know, five months of doing this. We, we've hoped that you guys have enjoyed this. And uh, again, I said this before, but if there's anything you can think of in the off season or going forward that you think could improve the show or help us out, or help yourself out in your leagues, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me or Mendy.
0: That's right. We're here to help you win your leagues, help you to get a head jump, uh, a jump start on all your league mates, digging deep like we do here every week. Uh, but for Ben, for Mike, I'm the Mendy. We will catch you guys next week for the call up, week 21.